Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information about the Crux Ministries and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. All right, so uh, I'm just going to jump right on in because we don't really have that much time. Um, And so uh, I'm just going to kind of go for it. Tonight we can do a little more debrief of like what's been happening, you know, but just we only have about an hour. So I'm just going to try to like get it done because we're not going to use that all time for teaching. I want to use time to like just do some activation stuff. And so, yeah, so you guys okay if we just kind of jump in and go for it? Dive in! Awesome. So we are talking about Holy Spirit. Okay, and so what I want to do is I want to talk specifically about who is the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's kind of ironic because when you think Holy Spirit, you think of like flowy, like woo, wild time, like last night. Wow. Um, but ironically, this is probably my most teachery of all my messages. Uh, this is the most where I give the most verses, give the most context, give the most. So it might feel a little bit like you're going to school, right? Um, but it's Spirit. a good thing. Uh, yeah, school of the Spirit. Amen. And so because with me, uh, I grew up very, very conservative, almost as conservative as you can get. And uh, love, love Jesus with all my heart. Love the Father and love the Holy Bible. Right? I had no, I had no grid for Holy Spirit. He was just kind of like the dude who made me feel bad, like when I was convicted. Right? Right? I was like, Holy Spirit. He like convicts you, right? So he's the guy who makes me feel bad. Awesome. Like that was my grid for Holy Spirit. And I was like, okay, like if I kind of feel like warm inside, like that felt nice. Like that's the Holy Spirit. Okay, cool. But that was it. I was like, I got Jesus. Like he's my homeboy. Like I get him, right? He's my man, right? But then there's also like, uh, and I get the Father, like like Father God on his throne, the Father of all creation. Like I get that. But who's Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit seemed like a really a New Testament idea to me of like, where is he? Is he really in the Bible? Did God all of a sudden just invent him in the New Testament or whatever? And so when I started encountering Holy Spirit like we did last night people start falling over and shaking on the ground people start feeling electricity or heat or coldness or or whatever it is they're encountering God and right and people would say that's the Holy Spirit that's the Holy Spirit and I'd be like who is this guy right like where did he come from like why is he doing this and it, I, I really there's the teacher in me of like I gotta understand this, right? Because I was so afraid to encounter something that I that I didn't think was backed up in Scripture. I had such a reverence for God that I was like, in order to feel safe to encounter Him, I wanted to know I was okay in the guidelines of Scripture. So I just went after Scripture, and I found Holy Spirit everywhere, right? So I'm hoping, one, to teach you about the Holy Spirit, who he is, as well as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I heard of the idea of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I thought it was like a cult concept. Or I was like, you're crazy. There's only baptism of water, right? What's this baptism of the Holy Spirit thing? But then I found it all over scripture, okay? So we're going to try to go after that as well. All right, so you guys open engaged to say, okay, if it's God, it's good. I want more of it. Some of you, this might be old, like you've heard this before, but invite them to go deeper. Others of you, this is brand new. And so just open your hearts, okay? So, but Holy Spirit, all right? So in Acts 19, it says, and it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, okay, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples and he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Okay, and the context is when you believed in Jesus, okay? And they said, no, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So that says that you can actually believe in Jesus, get saved, going to heaven, and know nothing about the Holy Spirit. 
It's right there in the Bible. These are people who they were already disciples. They had been converts. They believed in Jesus. And you know what? Paul got to them. He's like, I'm so happy you believe. So you know about Holy Spirit? And they're like, who's Holy Spirit? Right? Like, we believe in Jesus, but who's Holy Spirit? And he's like, what? How do you, really? Right? And, but that was, and I believe is modern Christianity in a lot of churches in the world, right? You would say, oh, you believe, you're, you really love Jesus, you're going to heaven, you uh, really are a disciple of God, so you know about Holy Spirit. And the modern church in a lot of ways says like, Holy Spirit? What do you mean? You know? And so, uh, Paul was so, what well, was so big on relying on the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 2, 4, he says, My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in a demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom, or in the wisdom of man, um, but in the power of God. So this, this tells me two things, that, that we're de- to demonstrate the Spirit and the power of God together, right? That these two, they go together so that your faith doesn't rest in wisdom of man. How much of modern Christianity is based on the fact that my pastor gave a really good speech, a really good wise thing, and it made a lot of sense, so I have faith, Wow. right? And that's good to agree, degree, but Paul says, I don't want your faith to be in the fact that someone can speak really well about God. Your faith needs to be in the fact that you've encountered, a, that you've seen a demonstration of the spirit and of power of God. So that your faith wouldn't be in an argument you heard once, but in a real like yeah. power of God. I, I met God. That's how I know he's real. People can argue your theology all day long. They cannot argue your, your story, your experience. And be like, dude, well, the, the gifts don't exist anymore. You're like, well, that's cool. So how did my knee get healed that one time? And they're like, oh, emotionalism. And I'm like, I don't think that like regrows tendons, right? Like I can, I can really want it. But like my knee was messed up and now it's healed. What do I do with that? Like I've encountered... And they can't argue. They can say, well, I don't believe you. It's like, cool, dude. My knee's still healed. Like, it, like, like, and it wasn't demons. It, yeah, and it wasn't demons who healed me, right? And so but you have to have a foundational block in the power and the Holy Spirit of God. David and I, we were in Nepal. We've heard this, he's heard the story a bunch of times. I've talked about this even in camp. Uh, I mean, in some sermons not that long ago. But we got up. We went to this, uh, we trekked up the mountains. You think this hill is, this hill is steep? Do that for like eight hours, you know, with 50 pounds on your back, you know? And so, but we get to this little, this little village and we get up there and all these people gather and we do some skits to like preach about God and stuff like that. And then we get up and we preach the gospel. Okay. And we say, who wants Jesus? Right. And, uh, no one, no one does. And I'm shocked that they've never heard the gospel here before. They say, we say, who wants Jesus? Nothing. No, they're all just stand there. So I'm thinking, surely there's a translation issue or something, right? So, so I get up, right? I'm like, good job, man, to the guy who tried. And I get up, I'm like, I'm going to preach, right? And I preach everything I know about Jesus and preach the gospel. I say, who wants to get saved? No one. This time they're actually shaking their heads, right? And I looked at the translator and the translator was like, they don't want it. And, I, and he's like, they understand. They just don't want it. Right, and I and I was shocked because I know the human heart is designed to want this thing. And if you're and I've never seen an altar call of zero when everyone's 100 percent unsaved. There's always one dude at least who's like, I want it, you know. And so I've never seen that before. So I really yelled out and I was like, What? Nobody? Like, and I like 
Like, I like, yeah, I was shocked, right? I was just at like appalled, like, what? Right? Uh, and so, right? And, uh, right? And so, and so I basically, then I, uh, I basically said, all right, who's sick? Like, who has pain? Who has anything like that? And, and this, uh, and still nobody. And then I was like, oh, come on. Like, this is a third world nation. You're farmers all day. Someone is in pain. <laughs> like, I know. Y'all just lying to me now, right? And so finally one dude's like, I have pain. And I was like, get up here, right? And he said he had, like, sciatic pain and pain going down his leg, like, all the time. He's had it for a long time. And and there's this weird, I don't know how to explain it. A boldness came on me. It wasn't, like, it sounds like a great story, but it, it's, it's crazy. I, like... I was scared, too. I was scared, man. So I basically, all of a sudden, it just blurted out of my mouth. I said, if the Jesus we preached is real, then this man will be healed right now. <laughs> and basically just said that. So basically saying, if he doesn't get healed, what we just preached to you is not real, right? And and I've never said anything like that before or since, right? The minute, it was the Holy Spirit. Because the minute I said it, I was like, oh, no. And I was just like, no, 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 no. And then I was almost like, I can't believe I just said that, right? And so we pull up and I'm like, my team's gonna pray for him. They start praying all valiantly. God, you're the healer. You can do it. I put my hand on him and I'm like, oh God. I'm like, I promised. I'm like, I don't want to be a liar. I promise you'd get healed, right? Like, please bail me out. And all of a sudden the dude's eyes get really big and he looks over and he starts saying, and, the, and then all of a sudden the, the crowd starts like talking and he's talking, the translator's talking to him and the, the translator's like, he's healed. He says, the pain's gone. He's healed right there on the spot publicly in front of everyone. And then this, all of a sudden they start yelling at him and he's yelling back. And they're basically into Paula yelling, you're not healed. You're lying. Cause they all know each other. And he's like, no, I'm healed. Like it's God guys. It's actually God. And so, so yeah, yeah. You're lying, John, you know, whatever. They're like, you're lying, Bob. I'm just throwing out random names. Okay. And so, and, and, and then all of a sudden, so then he calls out his friend. And he's like, you, I know you're in pain. You get up here. And he calls him out and his friend gets up there. We pray for that guy and that guy instantly gets healed on the spot. And then, and then they're like in shock. And then the boldness returns and I'm like, ha ha ha. And I was like, two people told you. Like in your face. Like totally immature, bold again, right? And then I was like, who wants Jesus? And all of a sudden all these people were like, and they all came forward. Healing broke out. People got saved. And then long story short, the, the first church in that region got planted out of it and whenever they look back they cannot say that their faith rested in the argument or in the persuasive words of some american dude who really convinced me jesus is real because they can say he tried and it sucked and he was bad and no one wanted it right their faith yeah, the foundation good. of their faith was that they had a power encounter with the Holy Spirit yeah. and that they got saved. And forever in Nepal, in that region, they will know, well, I got healed when the Holy Spirit came. So I believed, yeah. right? Yeah. And so this is what Paul's saying, that it wasn't me and my words. It was the Holy Spirit's power. But how often do we almost out of, instead of risking Holy Spirit showing up because he can get a little messy, as you saw, we kind of put him in a box and we rely on our human wisdom to persuade people right and so i just don't want that to happen i want to make a room for the holy spirit but who is holy spirit so holy spirit this is where it gets a little more theological okay we're going after some stuff holy spirit he's a real person okay he's the third person of the godhead uh he's equal to the father the son holy spirit so he's co-equal right there with god co-eternal 
just as important. There's not a ranking system. It's not like Father gets gold medal, Jesus gets silver medal, Holy Spirit gets bronze medal. Like, no, it's like they're all first place. They're all co-equal. They all submit to each other. They follow. The Father's always giving to the Son and the Son's pointing to the Father and the Holy Spirit's pointing to both of them and then they're sending the Holy Spirit and there's just this beautiful dance, this relationship between the three of them together at all times, okay? And all three individuals, they're co-equal, co-important, co-eternal, okay? The Holy Spirit is just as important as Jesus and just as important as the Father, okay? So what what do I mean when I say he's a person? Because he doesn't have a physical body. So what do I mean? Well, he he has a mind. That's Romans 8, 27. It says, who knows the mind of the Spirit? He has a will, 1 Corinthians 12, 11. It says he distributes as he wills. So he has a mind, he has a will, and he has emotions. Romans 15, 30 says, by the love of the Holy Spirit, it also says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. You can break his heart and grieve him. He speaks, Acts 13, 12, it says, and the Holy Spirit said, and then it shows something. He bears witness and he actually testifies, John 15, 26, Romans 8, 16. I'm just throwing verses out to you. Little tip, write the numbers first, yeah. the book after. You'll remember the book, but not the numbers. So just write the numbers and then you'll, you'll go back to the book, okay? So... And you can get the notes from me afterwards. Okay, but he prays and he makes intercession for us. He actually prays for you. That's Romans 8, 26. It says the spirit himself intercedes for us. So when I'm describing this, Holy Spirit has the feelings of a person. Ephesians 4, 30 says where he's grieved. He can be insulted. Hebrews 10, 29 says you've insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit. He can be lied to. Acts 5.3 says they lied to the Holy Spirit. He can be blasphemed. Matthew 12.31. He can be resisted. You can actually resist him if you want to. Acts 7.51 says, must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? He can be vexed, which is frustrated, hurt, annoyed. (laughs) Right? That's in Isaiah 63.10. It says, why are you vexing my spirit? He can be quenched, which means shut down. That's 1 Thessalonians 5.19. He wanted to do something, but they shut him down. This sounds like a person to me. Mind, will, emotions, all this. So I hope I convinced you he's not the Holy Spirit. It's a, it's a, it's a person, like just like Jesus and the Father, right? You wouldn't say just the Father forever, Call him the Father, right? It's like, no, you say Father, Son, but then we'll also say the Holy Spirit. And it, that one little article, the, puts a separation. Is like, he's kind of a it. Yeah. He's kind of like a Casper the Ghost kind of a thing, <laughs> you know? And it's like, no, he, he's not. He really, he's a he, you know? And so I want to give you some of his background. Where did he come from? So did you know the Holy Spirit is actually the first reference to God we ever have in the Bible? He's uncreated God. He's in Genesis 1, 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it says says this, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface deep. And the spirit of God, it's the word ruach, which is the spirit, the breath of God, which is the Old Testament word for Holy Spirit. It's the same word David says when he says, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. It's, It's the Holy Spirit. So before we ever even learn about Jesus, we know there's a Holy Spirit. Genesis 1, 2. And he was part of creation. We see him all throughout the Old Testament. All throughout the Old Testament. 
He would, he basically, he would temporarily come upon people in the Old Testament and then lift off. We see that in Numbers 27, 18 with Joshua. It says it came on him. Uh, Othniel in jo- Judges 3.10. Gideon in Judges 6.34. I love this word. This is so great. With Gideon, it says this. It says, the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Whenever it says the spirit of the Lord, it's referencing the Holy Spirit. Because the spirit of the Lord, same thing as spirit of God. That's what the New Testament calls him. So it's the Holy Spirit. And it says this in that verse with Gideon. It says it came upon him. That word came, it doesn't mean to like come. It actually means to put on clothes and to wear. So what it says is the Holy Spirit wore Gideon. The Holy Spirit like put on Gideon that day. Like almost like the Holy Spirit filled him and like wore him for that moment. Like Holy Spirit goes to his closet and is like, today I'm wearing Gideon, you know? Like it's like that's what that word actually means. The Holy Spirit filled Gideon and wore him. It says other translations are like wore him like a glove, you know? Like that's wild. Uh, Samson, Judges 13, 25 and 14, 6 says Holy Spirit came upon him. Saul, 1 Samuel 10, 9 and 10. Uh, Ezekiel says this. He says that the spirit entered me when he spoke to me. Ezekiel 2, 2. David declared the spirit of the Lord spoke to me and his word has been on my tongue. That's 2 Samuel 23. David, I love him in the Old Testament because it's like he has this relationship with the Holy Spirit, even though he's in the Old Testament. He, he says this. He says, cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. David, the king of kings, the one who had everything he could ever want, said, just don't let me lose my relationship with Holy Spirit. He said, the greatest thing you could ever hurt me with, God, is if you, your Holy Spirit leaves me. He said, take my kingdom, take my money, just don't take away Holy Spirit. We have this kind of a desperation for the Holy Spirit in our life. Zechariah says this, and then the Spirit of God came upon Zechariah's son of Jehodiah, the priest. In Zechariah 4, 6, he says, Not by might, nor by strength, but by my Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. It's the same word, the Ruach. Same word. So basically, we see in the Old Testament, he would temporarily come upon people to get a job done or to do something amazing. And it was always wild. He'd come on Samson, and then Samson would kill a thousand people, right? <laughs> he'd come on David, and he could slay Goliath, right? He would come on. So he'd come on for these temporary moments just to like, boom, do something miraculous. And then he'd, he would like lift off. But there's prophecies all throughout the Bible that the day is coming when the spirit won't just come and leave and come and leave, but he'll come and stay. And the day is coming when he will come and he will fill you. This is in Ezekiel. It says, I will give you a new heart and a new Ruach. Same word, a new spirit. I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit. If you look, it's a capital S. It's the Ruach, the capital spirit, the Holy Spirit. I, this is the Father saying, I will put my spirit within you and I will cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. It's a prophecy that says one day my Holy Spirit will indwell inside of you, right? And the final prophecy is actually in the New Testament with John the Baptist. He says this. This is the bridge between the two before then we see Holy Spirit come permanently. 
John, Luke three sixteen says, John answered them saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I, that's Jesus, is coming to the strap of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. That's right there where we get the phrase baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's two baptisms, the water and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Jesus got baptized in water, but then he said, but there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit coming, right? Yeah. And so right up to Jesus, we know the day is coming where we're going to be baptized with this Holy Spirit. So a lot of times we see Jesus do things in scripture and it's really easiest to be like, oh, he was God. So checkmate. He does whatever he wants. And that's great. You know, like good for him. He's God, you know, but, but we see Jesus drained himself of everything and became 100% human and relied on God. He relied on the Holy Spirit. He didn't just go like, well, I'm God. I do what I want. Right. He actually multiple times says, I only do what the father does. I only do where the spirit leads me to show he came to die for us on the cross, but he lived 30 years, 33 to show us what it was like to be fully dependent on the Holy Spirit leading you. And so he actually, Jesus says, I'm only going to do what the Holy Spirit and Jesus got filled, baptized in the spirit. We see that in Matthew three sixteen. after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. This is a moment where Holy Spirit, boom, comes upon Jesus. I don't know how it perfectly works because he's God and you're like, well, how did that work? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, how'd you come upon? I don't know. But I know right there it shows us that Jesus didn't do anything until after this moment the Holy Spirit came upon him, right? And Jesus relied on the Holy Spirit. It says Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, that's right after his baptism, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And so Jesus right there twice in the same verse says, full of the spirit, led by the spirit. If Jesus needs that, how much more do we? If Jesus waited to get that before he ministered, how much more do we? Jesus relied on the Holy Spirit for power. Jesus didn't just heal him because he's like, well, I'm Jesus to be healed, right? Yeah, it actually says right here. It says in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. That's the Holy Spirit. The healings happened through the Holy Spirit. Jesus casted out demons by the Holy Spirit. Matthew 12, 28. It says, but if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So all these things Jesus constantly referencing, it's by the Holy Spirit. It's by the Holy Spirit. It's through the Holy Spirit. It's because of the Holy Spirit. It's because of the Holy Spirit. Because of the Holy Spirit, like constantly. Jesus was completely dependent on his Father and the Holy Spirit to survive. He intimately knew them. And we have to as well. Do we rely on logical arguments or are we really relying on the Holy Spirit? It's actually, this is crazy. Jesus said, it's better that I go so the Holy Spirit comes. And if I was a disciple, I'd be like, Jesus, I'm sorry, you've been right all this time, but you're wrong right now. Like, Jesus on earth in the flesh is the best possible thing in the world. You know, like, yeah. amen, that's what we all, but like, I want him here in the flesh. And Jesus said, actually, it's not. Me leaving Holy Spirit with you is actually better. That's crazy. That's John 16, 7. Jesus says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send him to you. So we know Jesus is the one who sends the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the one who does it. And we know Jesus is the one who baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. It says he will baptize you with the fire of the Holy Spirit. So 
Holy Spirit sent by God for your advantage. And we have to know him and we have to want him more, just as much as we want Jesus, just as much as we want the Father. We have to cry out to want the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you, and I'm sorry I'm going quick. Are you guys doing okay? Yeah. This is very like Teacher Taylor right here, right? But I want to show you encounter with the Holy Spirit. It is all, I'm giving you a small portion of scriptures that talk about it, right? And so the Holy Spirit, these are all scriptural. And I can show you later, but I'm just going to say them. The Bible says Holy Spirit wants to aid you, assist you, help you, guide you, lead you, give you revelation of scripture, release his gifts through you, give you boldness, teach you, strengthen you, refresh you, empower you, anoint you, protect you, fellowship with you, help you pray, give you rest, give you wisdom, reveal Jesus to you, be your friend, comfort you. All those are just words of a different verse each time saying this is what Holy Spirit does in your life. And we just say, oh, he's the guy who makes me feel bad when I sin, right? Oh, no. So much more. You can't love God or walk in love for God without the Holy Spirit. That's Romans 5.5. 5. It's that, okay, you can't obey God without the Holy Spirit. That's 1 Peter, or 1 Peter 1.22. You cannot worship God without the Holy Spirit helping you. That's Philippians 3.3 3 and John 4.24. You cannot pray effectively without the Holy Spirit. That's Romans 8.26. You cannot preach God's word with anointing without Holy Spirit. That's 1 Peter 1.12. You cannot witness for Jesus and reach the lost very well without Holy Spirit. That's Acts 1.8. You cannot cast out demons without the Holy Spirit. That's Matthew 12.28. You cannot even have joy without the Holy Spirit. That is in Romans 14.17. You cannot have victory over your flesh. So often we beat ourselves. I can't get victory over my lust. I cannot get victory over my fear. I cannot get victory over my depression. I cannot get victory over my pain or my past. Well, according to the Bible, you can't unless you rely on the Holy Spirit to do it for you. You need to call on the Holy Spirit to say, break my addiction, Holy Spirit. I need you and rely on him to break it, right? So I hope I convinced you. Have I convinced you yet? Like you need him? You need him? Okay, cool. Right? And so what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? This is the part where it seems like it gets weird, okay? And so this is uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is when the Holy Spirit washes over you, okay? Supernaturally equipping you with power from heaven to empower you, empower the Christian for effective witness and service, so when you get saved, Holy Spirit comes in your heart. You all have him if you're saved, okay? That's, that's in Acts 2.38. He's in you. He filled you the minute you got saved, okay? So don't worry about that, right? But there's a difference between him just being in you and you surrendering complete lordship to him, asking for his power, asking for him to fully envelop you, wash over you, and move with him. That's the difference, Right? You're saved before you ever get baptized, but there's a difference of the baptism of water. Like We get that. Same with the Holy Spirit. He's in you when you get saved, but unless you ask for him to fully take over and fully wash around, like wash over you, that's the difference. And I want to show you, this is scriptural. The, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's a free gift for every Christian, and it's received by faith. Okay, That's how you get it. You receive it by faith. That's Luke eleven thirteen, 13 and Acts 2, 38 through 39. It says you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit through faith, okay? The Lord Jesus Christ is the baptizer. That's how you know you can trust it because it's Jesus, Matthew three eleven. 
It says he baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. Okay? Jesus promises that when you get baptized by the Holy Spirit, you have rivers of living water coming out of you. That's John 7, 38. Okay? So, let me show you this. In Acts 1, 8, this is where we really see it. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. These people were already saved. This was after Jesus was resurrected. They already would have gone to heaven. They were already his disciples. They already, right? They had everything they needed to go to heaven. And yet Jesus says, no, the difference is you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. In Acts 2.1, this is where he comes. It says, on the day of Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in place, and suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit, and they were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. Now at that time, uh, there were Jewish worshipers who had immigrated from different lands to live in Jerusalem. When the people of the city heard the roaring sound, crowds came running to where it was coming from, stunned over what was happening, because each one could hear the disciples speaking in his or her own, own language. Bewildered, they said to one another, aren't these all Galileans? How is it that, they, that we hear them speaking in our own language? But others poked fun at them and said, they're just drunk in new wine. That's how you know sometimes when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, people look drunk. Isn't that crazy? The first time the Holy Spirit ever came upon him, everyone accused him of being drunk yeah. because it looked similar. Being drunk is a counterfeit of actually Holy Spirit come upon you. That's why some of you felt Holy Spirit and you're kind of like, whoa, what am I feeling right now? You know, I had a, there's a guy once who used to be an alcoholic, but then he got filled with the Holy Spirit and he was like, this feels, I feel like I'm drunk. He's like, but there's no like guilt and shame tied to it, you know, because it's real. It's real deal. It's Holy Spirit. So, and then Peter gets up in verse 14, says Peter stood up with the 11 apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, my fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. We need to, to clearly, or we need you to clearly understand what's happening here. These people are not drunk like you think they are for it's only nine o'clock in the morning, right? It says this is the fulfillment of what was prophesied through the prophet Joel. For God says, this is what I will do in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on everybody and cause your sons and daughters to prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will experience dreams from God. The Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. So I want to show you that. The, see, did you just notice their salvation and their baptism in the Holy Spirit was two separate moments. Yeah. And another example of it being separate is in Acts 8. It says this, that, but when they believed Philip, as he preached the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women, okay? Even Simon himself believed. And after being baptized, he continued with Philip and seeing signs and great miracles performed, he was amazed. So Philip goes to this town, everyone gets saved, revival breaks out, people get baptized in the water and they all believe in Jesus. It's glorious, right? It's like revival breaking out, right? But it says this, now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that, that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them Peter and John who came down and prayed for them that they may receive the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. For he has not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only heard and been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Another time, it was two separate events where they loved Jesus, adored Jesus, going to save. And I believe there's a lot of churches that love Jesus, going to heaven, saved, doing great things for him. But they've never received the Holy Spirit. It's full baptism. He's in their heart, but that's about it. He's, they've never received the full power of the Holy Spirit coming upon them. Okay? And there's another example as well. Uh, for time's sake, I'm going to kind of finish up. But there's another example. It's in Acts 19, 1 through 6. It really clearly shows, once again, a separate thing. Paul basically goes to these people, and they get saved. And he says, great. And so I said earlier. And they said, well, you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they say, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. And he literally says, well, then what were you baptized with? And they said, well, John's baptism, which is the repentance in the water. And then it says, on hearing this, they are baptized, okay? It says, and Paul laid hands on them then, and the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. So Paul went around and was like, oh, great, you're saved? Wait, you don't know the Holy Spirit? Okay, I'm going to lay hands on you. You're going to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And then all of a sudden, they just started, shut up. Right? Speaking of songs and prophesying, and all the gifts were activated inside of them, right? So, Holy Spirit baptism has nothing to do with salvation, it has everything to do with just uh, you surrendering to the Holy Spirit in your life, His gifts, His power, and everything like that, okay? And so, it can happen at the same moment or it can happen at different moments. Some people, I've seen them get saved and immediately baptized in the Holy Spirit, right? I've seen it, right? It happened before, and it was great. I like it to be, I went, I got saved when I was five. I didn't get baptized in the Holy Spirit until I was like, 18, 19-ish, right? So somebody went my whole life and be like, wait, there's a Holy Spirit? You kidding me? And I felt ripped off. I was like, you mean I could have been doing this in power all this time? You mean like, like I was pulling teeth trying to like yeah. get holy, Missionary doing it with my flesh, being like beating myself up like, be holy, be holy, be holy. I'm like, you're telling me like the Holy Spirit could have helped me this whole time? I never, I felt like gypped, you know, right? Because I'd only been preached Jesus and never Holy Spirit, yeah. right? And so that was the difference. So um, there, and there's also, so I took a moment where I, for, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. What happened was they prayed for me and I was like, all right, this is God, it's good and I want it, right? And so I just received it by faith. I said, Jesus, you're baptizing me right now, Holy Spirit. I receive it by faith. Some people started going to the ground. Some people started crying out and shouting, prophesying. And I didn't, I just sat there. It was like, okay, I receive it by faith. I didn't feel anything. It was like, all right, cool. I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you know, right? I just received it by faith. And then someone came up to me and they're like, try to speak in tongues. I was like, I don't know how to do that, you know? And he's like, just start, just start. Just go sha da 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 right? Or go ba ba be And I was like, that's stupid. And he's like, just come on, try. And I was like, ba ba be ba 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 be ba And I was like, this is so stupid. And he's like, dude, let the Holy Spirit work. And I was like, ba ba be ba And then all of a sudden I was like, ba ba be ba on the ground and I just wept for like three hours right and, and basically and I was like how come he got fire he got healing he got tongues he got prophesied and I just cried for three hours like I don't know I don't know why he met us all differently that's what I needed but that was my experience so right but then after that I started really moving and, and operating in prophecy and all these different gifts got activated inside of me right so some of you you'll be like oh my gosh I'm on fire I prayed for two guys one guy went down he's like I'm on fire and he's sweating the other dude like laid down and he's like I feel like I'm on a beach. This is so beautiful, right? And this guy literally yelled and was like, how come he got the beach? Right? And he was like, I'm on fire! Right? And 
like the Lord comes differently for different people. He needed the, the rest in the beach and he needed the fire of God, right? Both, right? But both were the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I can tell you, um, it's not just one time. You get baptized in the initial time, but uh, you can see later there's multiple baptisms in regards to you need to get refilled. We have holes in the bottom of a bucket and we leak and we need to get refilled. Acts 2.4, it says that they got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then Acts 4.31, it says they, the same people got baptized again in the Holy Spirit. It says, and then they were baptized again, right? Acts 13, 52, it says, then they were baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. These are the same people getting filled three or four times. Ephesians 5, 18, he says, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, right? So it's okay. You can receive, you receive a first initial one, right? And that's when everything changes, but you need moments to get refilled, rebaptized. You need a car wash again, like some gunk got on you. You need to car wash it off, right? And get a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. So whether this is your first time uh, doing it, I encourage you to go for it. Whether this is your like 50th time, right? You have a hole in your bucket and you've been leaking. You need a fresh, greater baptism of the Holy Spirit to, to wash you afresh, okay? Thank you for listening to the Crux Podcast Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit SummitSanMarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church.